0: Hey there, listeners. It's Dr. Ahmed Al here from the Institute of Digital Dentistry. And welcome to the first episode of Digital Dentistry Decoded. In line with our mission at IDD, this podcast is your guide through the rapidly evolving world of digital dentistry, helping you simplify your transition to modern workflows. In this episode, we'll be unlocking ideas for streamlining workflows by integrating disconnected technologies a key challenge as digital adoption accelerates in dentistry. I'm excited to have Max Mills here with me from the global digital health leader, Dentsupply Serona, to explore their vision for the future. We'll hear Max's insights on innovative platforms like DS Core, designed to drive simplicity by centralizing data securely on the cloud. This promises remote access and potential reductions in redundant hardware. We'll also dive into emerging capabilities like AI assistance and the optimal use of 3D printing versus milling, as envisioned by Dentsupply Serona. Join us as we decode Dentsupply Serona's forward-thinking approach focused on themes of integration, efficiency, and expanding digital capabilities. Together, we'll uncover new possibilities in our quest for unified digital industry ecosystems. A big welcome to anyone who's listening to this. We're very fortunate to have Max Mills here with us. A big thank you, Max, for sharing some of your time with us today. Glad to be here, man. And for those who don't know, please, Max, if you could just introduce yourself and what you do at Data Supply Serona. Sure, absolutely.
1: I'm responsible for the equipment and software business at Dent Supply Serona. So that includes everything from imaging, to scanners, to CEREC, to 3D printing, treatment centers, instruments, and then, of course, a cloud platform, DS Core. So that's
0: kind of my role at the company, trying to bring all these pieces of digital dentistry together. Awesome. And I know the company's had a pretty big couple of years, especially with the launch of DS Core. And look, most people who are interested in digital should know about DS Core, I would hope, or at least have heard about it, but for those people out there who... Haven't heard. Do you mind just giving a bit of an overview of what is DS Core and more importantly, what's really the vision for the company with DS Core? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, DS Core for us is really kind of the engine to drive,
1: let's call it the great simplification of digital dentistry, right? Because dentistry today is already pretty digital, but when we started out on looking, Hey, what's next? We looked at it and we heard a lot of people saying there's a lot of stuff that doesn't work well together. I have all these PCs standing around, constantly there's updates, and the things that should be working easily together don't always do that. So we thought about making it really a fresh start and saying, if we would really develop for dentistry the right digital tools for the future, what would it look like? And that's obviously a journey. It's not something where you just flip a switch and then all of a sudden you have something that brings everything together. And these code for us is kind of that engine. Because what it does, it connects equipment, right? So uploading the data from a scanner or a CVCT. And from there, it's really the starting point for workflows. And that starts with integrating data in a single digital media file, storing that securely, and also making it accessible from anywhere so that you become less device dependent. Because if you think about your x-ray files today, typically you can only access them in the practice while you're connected to your server. And we want to make sure that it actually becomes more digital native. Now, then, once you have the data in a cloud and secure and you can use it from anywhere, it becomes a question of what do you do with it, right? Because nobody's excited about digital just because it's digital. At the end of the day, you want to do things in an easy way. And that, for a lot of dentists, means working easily together with a lab. That means collaborating with other dentists because you work with referral networks, complex cases. It's really a team sport. And then it's really about the different steps that you need for a procedure. So, wherever you start with the important part of actually communicating with your patients, how do you explain the issue they have, why they should go for a certain procedure, and for that, images are, of course, great. Then it's really about, okay, how do you do the treatment planning? Do you do it yourself or you do it with the help of a lab? How do you connect it if you work chair side so that you use your CEREC or your 3D printer in an efficient way and really to keep everything together in one place. Now, that's just two of the levels, right? So the workflow perspective and the equipment and data, there's also some stuff behind the scenes that people don't always think about so much. It's because it's also that backbone for technical services. Now, devices and equipment sometimes don't work, right? So that means somebody needs to come and fix them. Now, when your imaging device stops working, what do you do? You call your service technician, your dealer, or your OEM. What are the first questions that they ask? They say, okay, what equipment do you have? Then they'll ask you, what's your serial number? A lot of people are really called, like, oh, well, you have had the serial number. The third thing they will ask you is, what's the firmware you are using on that machine? Because they have to kind of basically do a triaging of what's the problem. And if you think about the question of what's your firmware, a lot of people are like, what the hell is a firmware? Connecting to the devices and having it all in the backbone, we can actually see stuff about the machine and help fix it faster. And that saves time for everyone involved to really make sure that the machine goes back up as quickly as possible. And that if you want to talk a bit more about the future, every machine that goes into a dental practice essentially comes with a computer, right? A scanner with a laptop or a PC, with a design station, an imaging device comes with a reconstruction PC. There's a whole lot of PCs. And the great thing about cloud technology is that it's not just software. It's basically software and unlimited computing power. So when we think about the future, we think about how can we get all of those PCs out of the practices because they age, they need updates, they cost extra money. Can we actually eliminate those? So that's kind of the long-term vision of where we are going to really make sure that you solve the data problem, you solve the IT problem, and you free up staff time by making everything simpler and more efficient. Because when I talk to a dentist, the single biggest concern that people have is I don't have enough staff, my staff is not well-trained enough. They spend their time on all sorts of admin stuff and technical things. And that's all money lost to a dental practice if you're not working specifically on a patient problem. So for us, it's really about increasing the efficiency of all the different pieces coming together
0: so you can free up people's time to work on the most important topic, and that's the patient's health at the end of the day. Look, that's a fantastic answer. And you've actually answered a lot of questions that I had in my mind. One thing that does come up to me and because this idea that a lot of dentists and a lot of thought leaders in this space has complained about all the different softwares and different islands, and we need a unifying software, it's a pipe dream and it's amazing to see Dentsupply Sirona working towards that. My concern is that with so many different softwares, let alone practice management software, there's hundreds out there in the world. How does Dentsupply Sirona imagine being able to put everything on their cloud, being able to integrate with everything. I mean, I guess it will work really well with all the supply, Serona equipment. You know, if you have a prime scan and you scan, it automatically goes to the cloud and that would be an amazing workflow. But as we know these days, a lot of people don't have just one equipment from one company. They have a CBCT from a different company, a scanner from a different company. What's the vision to be able to move all that to a single platform? Is there any kind of things that you could share with us about how Dense Supply Serona aims to navigate that? Sure. I think desperate Serona sometimes has a reputation for being relatively
1: closed, right? CEREC system, fully integrated closed system. DS-Core takes a different approach because, of course, dental practices are a brownfield situation, right? You might have an intraoral x-ray from someone. You might have a scanner from us. You might have something from someone else. So fundamentally, these cores built as an open platform that can take in different data formats. So uh, you can always kind of upload data from a third-party machine as well. Now there are tons and tons and tons of different data formats that that different companies use. So we wouldn't claim that we support all of them yet, but we want to make sure that as many as possible are supported, right? So that you can really put your data in it and make sure that you bring it all together and make it easy to work. I mean, of course, We would love it if everybody uses all our stuff, but that's not going to happen, right? It's always going to be a mix and match, and we want to make sure that people can work in the way that they want to work. When we look at it, of course, the best integration we can always get is with our stuff, right? Because we have access to the machine firmware, the machine software, we can think for the whole workflow. From our perspective, that's always going to be the smoothest, but dentists need to be able to work with things that they already have in their practice or other solutions that they like better. So it needs to be open on both ends.
0: I assume the company is open-minded to work with other companies to make their integration and transition smoother with other equipment. Absolutely. I think it's a prerequisite as an industry that people start working together in an easier way.
1: And just Mm -hmm. one note on practice management software, it's not an area that we are active in, but it's of course an important interface, right? And that's always been the case. So take, for example, we imaging software side access, let's always add an interface to around 200 practice management software systems. And of course for DS Core, we also leverage some of those existing interfaces while building also new ones so that the interaction between the practice management system, which is really kind of the core engine for running the practice and DS Core, which is more the core for the clinical workforce in the practice works smoothly together. Awesome.
0: And so I think the advantages for the dentists are very clear, just having a unified place for all your data and what this can lead to. And also, I really like the point that you mentioned where you could just move everything to the cloud and you don't need so many PCs. It's crazy how many computers clinics have now that are digitized. But what about for the lab technicians? Because there's a number of lab technicians who will listen to this or will be interested in Core. What advantage does it have for the technicians compared to things how they're done now with DS Connect. So I think, first of all, it's important to realize that the lab is a
1: super important partner for any dental practice, right? And the key thing is an easy exchange of information. So what DS Core already enables today is a smoother communication between the dentists and the labs, right? So think about chat functions, where we are also working on making it even more digital native, so to say. I mean, people are used to working with things like WhatsApp. Why should dental software feel differently than that? Also, the amount of information that you easily exchange on it, that goes down to what are the parameters of, okay, you want the crown in this shade or you want to have this specific prep margin to make sure that all the information gets transmitted that is transmitted. And I think the other thing is a question really of speed and communication, right? You might have made the experience that you send something to the dental lab that you're working with. And you don't get a response right away because they didn't see it. And then they respond, you're already on the next case or you're out of the office. Right? So it needs a certain element of real time communication, which also requires you become device independent. And that's really something which is only enabled by a cloud technology. And I think that the key thing also there is to make one of the views really order specific. Very often you might call the lab and say, Hey, I have a question about this and this thing. And they'll be like, which case is this? What's the order, right? If you have all of that together because you're working on the same case, you're again saving time because one of the cool things about cloud technology is you're not actually sending around files. It's a bit more like Netflix for dentistry because what we actually do is we show you a video stream of the file, so of the CBCT or the intraoral scan, which means you have immediate access to it. And that's kind of the secret sauce in the background, which is a technical detail, but enables a lot of time savings and speed, because it's a bit like working collaboratively on a Microsoft Office project, right? You work with the same files, you can add additional things to it, and that's really the advantage. It's an easier,
0: smoother collaboration. Awesome. So I guess one thing that comes to mind is a lot of companies are trying to innovate in this way. Obviously, companies like 3Shape have their own cloud software. They've had it for some time. Not quite a cloud, but, you know, they have 3Shape Communicate. And Medit have a cloud, but mainly for data storage. It's not quite what Densupply is envisioning. But I guess that's really the question. A lot of people will see this as a cloud, and they'll be thinking, what makes this different to every other company?
1: I think it's a good question. Of course, everybody's innovating, and, I mean, that's also part of the stimulation to see what is doing, what are we doing, to make sure that we can come up with something cooler, right? So the way I would look at it, Disco is the only really cloud-native solution that is out there. And that has a number of advantages because we can build everything on top of it. Most of the solutions that you see on the market are basically on-premise software. And then they have a certain cloud connection mm-hmm. for just sending data from A to B. Now, what these calls really different is you really work in the cloud. And that has the advantage that you never have to install updates because you go through a browser directly into the system. So that means you're always kind of using the latest version of whatever these core can do. It's a bit like when you go on Google and you enter a query, you never ask yourself, which version of Google am I using? You just use it. And that's the same thing with DS Core. So it's a question of how easy is it to use it? How can you access it? Does it avoid having stupid updates all the time? I mean, I hate software updates. and I'm sure everybody else does. Because I mean, just sitting there and you're waiting and there's studies that something like 11 to 20% of people's time gets wasted on PC problems. So we want to make sure that time gets eliminated. And that really has the advantage that you can build new stuff on top of it. So it starts out with, having the infrastructure, having the data stored, the devices connected, and so forth. And then you layer applications on top of it. So patient communication things. Obviously, we will look at how can you diagnose directly in Core, How can you do treatment planning directly in Core. Because for us, the ambition is to really replace the entire software stack that we have with Core by bringing all the functions into it so you have access to the complete suite of uh, capabilities rather than, you know, I need this software for diagnosis. I need this software for CEREC. I need this software for implant planning, but rather you can use the entire thing.
0: So you're saying somewhere in the future, it's going to be, let's say possible to design your CEREC crown
1: on the cloud. I think that's the ambition that we get there. and. To a certain extent, we are halfway there, right? Because already today there's a hybrid workflow, which has the advantage. So for example, if you have several scanners in your office, right, you can scan, have it directly in DS Core, and then you can trigger your CEREC software from DS Core already today. So in principle, you could say you could have three prime scans and you have one design station with a CEREC and you can get cases from all of them directly Core, which is a great efficiency improvement. The same for printing, right? So it's a bit of a transformation, Like right? You start with a hybrid world to connect things to it, and then gradually functions appear in the cloud that before were on-premise.
0: I think a lot of people that may be seeing this, okay, so this is the cloud, it's DS Core, but they're not actually seeing the entire vision. This is really step one and maybe like a 10-step vision, it sounds like. It's very exciting, and I
1: think we're... Let's say we're in step four of a 10-step vision and the cool thing is that different to regular software new functions continuously are available and you don't need to do anything and it's a bit like when you compare on-premise software development to cloud-based platform software development you see what the users are using the most so you can get feedback directly and we can implement things basically on a daily or weekly basis so it grows with the users. And if you lean in, it grows the functions that you want. So there's not really an advantage for waiting because you can
0: start with it already. And then more and more stuff comes without actually doing anything on top. And it's so much easier to roll out to your entire customer base. Right now, I have a lot of Seric scanners. I think about three Omnicams and four Prime scans. It's funny, you know, having to buy the hardware update for Omnicam so it can run the new software, et cetera, et cetera. And across the Seric population, let's say there's people who are using Omnicam and different software versions, and it was just going to be, sounds like an effective way to unify all of that. So everyone's using your latest thing. So D-Score, from my understanding, was rolled down the States first, United States, 4th of July, and 2022 was when it rolled out. So I have a question. How's the platform been received so far? I know in New Zealand and Australia, we're a very tiny market and I know there's been some mentions of it here and there, but what's been your experience? What are your further expectations? So I would say our experience
1: was, it's a new thing, right? And like every new thing, it needs some time to be understood. One of my colleagues compares it to CEREC, right? He says Core is the CEREC moment of this generation. Because when you look back, when Sarah came out, it took time to be understood. You had this kind of almost religious following that were like, oh, this is totally awesome and I'm never going to do anything else in my life. And now there's a 35 year history and a really great base of users with DSCore. We intentionally brought it out with a minimum set of features because it's a new thing, right? And you need to learn, you have beta testers and so forth. So for the first few months, it was really about learning, making sure that everything works. Now, since the beginning of this year in particular with the new functions that we have brought out around the IDS in Cologne, we've seen a tremendous uptake and we already have several thousand users, both dental practices and labs that are active on DS Call. So we're actually very happy with the uptake and the function set it has right now is already really attractive and there's just more and more stuff coming over the next months and years. Awesome.
0: And so I understand there's basically two main service offerings, like you mentioned. It's DS Core Create and DS Core Care. Is that correct? I would say it's basically three, actually, right? Because DS Core itself
1: is a service offering, which starts at a very, very low price, actually it starts with a free level where you use a cloud based service to store, share data, start workflows and so forth. And then there are two things which come in addition, which leverage the backbone of DS Core. So, core care is, I mean, you see it across lots of industries. It's about care for your equipment, right? So, in principle, it's a technical service program to make sure that if something breaks, it gets fixed as fast as possible. You don't face a lot of costs with it. So, it's really a care program for your scanners or your mill or your printer. So, it's pretty straightforward. Uses the use DS Core infrastructure, make sure the device is connected so that it can be serviced faster. And then it gives you access to a variety of other things. Sometimes uh, spare parts would be included. Sometimes it's more about, okay, you break it, it gets replaced because magically scanners sometimes get dropped, right? But it uh, never was a user error. And I think you mean it's, it's always the dental assistance fault. Uh, no, I would say it's never the dental assistance fault, right? It's always a problem with the camera. And then create ready is a service for the printer because what we've seen and taking Cerac as the analogy for in-house manufacturing. A lot of dentists don't want to learn design software. It's one of the biggest reasons why there aren't more CERECs in the world is because people go into dentistry because they want to work on health problems and not because they want to click around in cad software. So create basically takes that problem away for you because all you need to do is say, make me a design for a splint. You get a splint design back and you press print because prime print is really easy to use. So it just takes away work from you. You don't have to master design
0: software. Somebody else does it for you. That's what create is all about. So I understand uh, you talked about two points I want to elaborate on. One is the interesting thing about create, obviously third party labs are used or technicians are still very much uh, man designed, which is good. Is there any interest in AI for the company in AI designing? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have a long
1: history of algorithm development and AI, right? I mean, if you think about the in-lab software, for example, there's been a so-called biogeneric algorithm in there already for a long time, which is basically you a crown proposal, right? So, so we believe that a lot of the magic will lie in generating design proposals that save time for the dentist or for the lab, and then you make it better right? Because we believe that fundamentally always a human needs to be in the loop to make sure that it's a final, really good results. But there's a lot of basic steps that you don't need to do yourself. And especially if you look at labs in general, they have an even bigger staff challenge than dentists, I believe. And, and spending time
0: on designing a single unit crown is not really something that you want to do, right? I mean, you want to work on the other pieces. And it's like you said, Densplaceron is basically a pioneer in this field. And they've been doing AI or what we call AI for a long time. Like you say, with biogenic individual with the CEREC system, it's like the best, I think the best chair side CAD software, it makes it so easy. And it'll be curious to see how DSCore uses that and, you know, IP and prowess in that field, how that translates to being on a cloud. Let me add one thing on AI, because I have this discussion a lot,
1: right? I prefer to actually call it assisted intelligence and not artificial intelligence because AI is fundamentally about automation of steps that you're doing manually at the moment, right? And giving you an assistance to say, okay, I can help you do this faster. Or basically, if you think about the diagnosis space, I mean, nobody will talk about this, but of course, I would always recommend going to a dentist in the morning and not in the afternoon. Because, of course, the attention span goes down over time, right? So if you're looking at a CBCT image, chances that you're going to miss something are higher in the afternoon. So it's all about giving you tools that assist you to say, hey, look here, there might be something, right? So it's it's really about aids. It's not about replacing anything. It's giving you tools that help you work better. That's what this is all about. Do
0: you think in the future, because a lot of companies are getting into AI design a lot, there's a lot of like... Dentbird Bird is a company that does AI crown designs, obviously 3Shape released Automate AI mm-hmm. crown designs. Is it something they didn't supply Serena looking into for DS Core and how soon or? It's definitely something we are working on.
1: In fact, we hold a number of IP in this field because we are one of the pioneers in this area. So it's definitely a focal area to make sure that you get greater efficiency in it so that you always get a proposal. And things get done in an easier way. There is actually some AI in DSCO already today. So if you look at the CBCT image, there's an automatic panoramic curve. That's already AI in there, right? So people always kind of mystify and glorify AI so much. There's a lot of stuff in the background, which is basically machine learning, which just makes things easier. But AI itself is not a solution. It's like math, right? I mean, you need math for digital dentistry but nobody talks about math. That's the great solution.
0: Yeah, true. What about, I'm uh, just curious, uh, segmentation and diagnostics, is that also something that's kind of in the vision of DSCore? Is it something that you're thinking about? I know what you mean. I think AI is a very big hype word now. And we've had it kind of AI for a while, but, but it's a big hype topic. And a lot of people, are, when it comes to AI, they're very curious about diagnostics, diagnosing bite wings, diagnosing cone beams. And I think people are uploading their things to DS core and it's a cloud service. It's like prime area to have some form of AI software or collaborate with an AI provider to have these images automatically diagnosed and a report given. Obviously a clinician always checks this, but what's your thoughts about diagnostics and segmentation of cone beans with AI? It's definitely going to happen. In fact, I mean, it's
1: happening already, right? For us putting it into the context of DenseBlaserona. Our ambition is of course, to replace Sydexis, our imaging software and diagnosis software with S-Core. Now, when we do that, we don't just take Sydexis and put it into the cloud, but we think about what are actually the functions that are most interesting that people want to use. And if you then think about the different levels, the first thing is you want to make sure you can actually see the image, right? And you can do all the manual stuff. You can annotate. You can say here, this is there. So you can actually do the diagnosis first and foremost. Then when it comes to the topic of AI, I think it's important to differentiate two things. Also from a regulatory approval perspective, I think the first level is automatically identifying anatomies, right? Tooth segmentation, identifying the roof canals here, basic stuff that allows you to have a better context for what you're looking at. And I think that's what's going to be used the most to come first and then comes stuff like measurements, right? Also, when you take inspiration from the larger medical industry where AI companions are already available for a while, the first functions are always like, what's the distance from here to there? Because that's something that a computer can do really well. There's no reason why you need to click around to do that. Now, when it comes then to the identification of pathologies, that's, of course, more demanding. You also need to be better than the humans in order to even get approval for it. And it's not like you do AI for everything, but basically every pathology itself needs to be approved and needs to be better or equivalent to a human. So I think that's where you rather see a gradual evolution, right? Where you say, okay, maybe identifying problems with root canal is one thing you do, but then others would be better at recognizing other problems. That's also when you look at the different AI players that are available today in the market, None of them has the full set of pathologies, and they always tend to be better at different areas.
0: Very true. Interesting. I guess we mentioned DSCore at at the very baseline. You mentioned it's free to just upload your things and so forth. What about the costs? And the dentists, you probably know better than anyone in a way they think with their wallets, and for a lot of people, when they look at the cost of DSCore, there'll be not taken back because it's a big cost, but it's just another thing that they kind of have to pay for. And so for cloud service alone to store data, it does come at a notable cost, especially because other players in the market either make it free or charge next to nothing. And so do you see this as being an area that may prevent clinicians and labs from adopting Core? or What are your thoughts about that? Is it just something that we have to accept? You know, if you want a good service, you pay for the service. First of all, I think DS Core is
1: incredibly affordable. As you said, it starts with a free level, and then the first level is available at $20 a month. In fact, the reaction that I've had from customers was you show them DS Core, and they're like, oh, this is really cool. And then they go like, how much is it going to be? And then you're like, well, 20 bucks a month. And they're like, oh, really? I would have expected like 500 a month, right? So there's this fear that by Rwanda stuff was always expensive. I would say DS Core is actually incredibly affordable. And I have not heard many customers that told me this is too expensive. Because let's look at the P&L of a dental practice, Ahmad. I mean, you're a dentist. How much do you spend on just things like, I don't know, soap and tissue in your bathroom? That's going to be more than 20 bucks a month. Let alone wages. <laughs> Let alone wages. And I think the wages point is really a thing where people need to spend more time thinking about it. I'll give you an example. We talked with a group of implantologists and we showed them this call, just the sharing functions, you have your CDCT and your intraoral scans and everything in one place and how easy it is to share with another dental practice. They said today, an assistant of them will take 20 minutes to collate all the data you need for this case. If DS call, all you need is you oh, press up oh, clicks and you send it off. Right. So you might save a lot of those twenty minutes. And that's staff time that you can deploy to something else. Now I don't know what the going wages in Australia for dental assistant, but I would assume it's more than
0: twenty dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It definitely is different. It's like a light bulb moment seeing me when you're talking because it's like, yeah, you really are working on the cloud. I was thinking first, okay, it's a cloud service, but we use WeTransfer for that or Google Drive or whatever, but it's that constant uploading and downloading and uploading and downloading at every different clinic. That's just such a waste of time. It's a huge waste of time. And also, of course, we look at Dropbox and Google Storage and
1: WeTransfer and so forth, and these are all great solutions. Core is built on Google Cloud, right? So it's no surprise that things like Storage and so forth are easy for us to deploy. But then if you think about it, none of those solutions was built for dentists. There's never automatic upload of your images into it. It doesn't sort your files automatically according to your patients. So you have all your things in there. So you spend time creating folder structures and all sorts of other things. And of course the question becomes how sustainable is that long-term? So how are you going to use that? You're also going to use more and more data in that regard, but how do you get it back out? How do you link it back to your different devices and procedures so If you look at the 20 bucks a month, and yes, I know that you can get a Dropbox at whatever, 10 or 12 a month, there's a lot more functions you get. It's not made for dentistry. Plus, just talking about how do you collaborate with your lab, not to mention that DS Core in the next weeks will get an additional function that allows you to share that data with patients in a compliant and secure way. And anyone who's ever tried to give DICOM files or a CVCT to a patient We'll think about well, there's a lot of DVDs that I spent on that and it's a lot of money that I'm spending on
0: that. <laughs> All the calls, how do I open this file, do this or do that? Exactly. Uh, what do I see in that image? Can you explain? Yeah. It to- I think everything going on in the cloud is something that most people appreciate, especially people that work in different sites or have multiple practices for sure. One thing that comes to mind though is what about people with poor unstable internet connection? Or where then it's not so fast. Obviously, that's on the company's mind. I don't think you would have missed that one. But how is Supply going to navigate this? If everything's going to go to the cloud in the future or now, what about people that don't have the broadband or the internet capacity to upload CDCTs to the cloud at an efficient rate, but also where it's not going to cost a lot of money? Because obviously... Yeah. We're looking all around the world. There's a lot of places around the world the internet's very bad. That speaking
1: from Germany, where we also don't have a stellar reputation of having broadband everywhere. I think first of all, internet is a little bit like electricity these days. If you don't have internet, a lot of the stuff that you have in your home and your practice is not going to work. I mean, just goes back to just thinking about it. So I started working at Siemens still when there was a telecommunications division there. The telephones that we use need internet because they're using basically internet in the backbone. So if you have no internet, you also don't have a phone in your practice anymore. So I think, first of all, good internet is a precondition for a well-functioning, successful practice. Secondly, a lot of the data uploading can happen in the background, right? So you don't immediately need the CVCT image once you've taken it uh, in the use call. So if it takes a few minutes in the background, that's not a problem, especially because these types of things, they can be done all the time. For more cloud based solutions in the future, if we think about there's no computer anymore, we'll basically offer things like buffering solutions to so say, hey, okay, the internet speed is slow. How can we buffer until the internet is going fast again? I think no internet is like having a blackout in your practice. If your credit card machine won't work, nothing works. Yes, I mean, you're not going to be able to switch on the lights, right? So, unless it's bright daylight, you're not going to see your patients. Understood.
0: I guess moving on from that point, then you mentioned DS Core Create, obviously offers a design service and mainly the rollout now is 3D printing. And I know in the future we'll go to milling. So, in dentistry, we've seen this really big boom in 3D printers in the past few years. And obviously, Dentist Supply Sirona has developed and introduced their Prime Print solution. So, how's that segment been developing? You know, how do you see 3D printing in the future? And and also, quite interestingly, for a company that's so heavily invested in milling, constantly online, there's people that talk about milling, where 3D printing, oh, printers are going to replace mills. I don't really believe that. But you know, how does the company see printing developing, and how's this mm-hmm. going to affect you know milling in the future? So I
1: think printing, first of all, is a tremendous technology, and we see a bright, bright future for it. I think the entire discussion of printing versus milling is a little bit silly because it's printing and milling. For us, the printer is a little bit like the little brother of the CEREC. And you know, like all parents, we love all all our children equally because they can really do different things. And I think that's part of the confusion in the conversation. Let's spend a bit of time talking about 3D printing. When you look at 3D printing, it uses a technology called DLP, right? So that's basically about depositing resins to create a complex shape. And then once that shape has been printed, you still need to cure it. Now that gives you a tremendous amount of possibilities for more complex shapes, like a splint or a night guard or an impression tray or something like that. But it comes at the expense of strength of the material. Why? Because fundamentally, a resin will create plastic, and then a plastic doesn't have the same strength durability. You don't have the same possibilities of different color shapes then you would have with a ceramic or uh, a zirconia. So the separation between the two technologies is really milling is for permanent stuff. Printing is for temporary things. And if you want to really have a very successful digital practice, it's about having both. Because let's think about an implant procedure for a second. If you use guided surgery, you would want to print a surgical guide. Right? You wouldn't want to with it. It's better to print it, you can do more complex shape, it's faster and a variety of other things. Then even for the temporary, the provisional crown, you might want to print that, right? Because you know you're just gonna use it for a certain amount of time. And once you have done that, you will then think about the patient comes back and they want a permanent crown. Personally. I don't believe a plastic crown is a good solution because you want something that lasts for 10 years plus, where you have proven aesthetics and durability and so forth, and you cannot print ceramics. The DLP technology only allows you to print plastics. Now, of course, you might add filler content into it, so a certain percentage of ceramics into a resin, which is also not new, right? I mean, there's composite materials for milling for a long time. But it's always going to remain plastic. And if you think about a long term restoration, you wouldn't want to do that in plastic. So for us, it's really about how can you put both of them together to make a more powerful, more profitable practice that delivers the best results for the
0: patients and for the dentist? Mm-hmm. True. It's interesting because you do see some zirconia and lithium desilicate printers. I personally, and I'm sure you've seen all my IDS. And I'm sure, you know, the printing companies that are very vocal about permanent crown resins. And I guess in a way I have to agree with you because we don't have 10 years on any of this stuff. Let's say there's just a lot of vocal opinions now, but I've personally tried printing crown resins and they definitely wear a lot faster than any ceramic that I've tried. And the, Aesthetics are a lot different.
1: And then it comes down to, and I'm glad you're trying it out, right? Because technology only gets better by trying things out, right? But if you think about the time of the complete workflow, printing takes longer than living, right? So you're getting a crown that doesn't last as long and it takes you longer to make it. So also from an economic perspective, I'm like, why? Right? So you're giving your patient a crown that
0: doesn't last as long and it doesn't save you any money. For a single unit, you're 100% right. This is part of the reason when I had a Cerc in my office, it makes no sense for me to print a single crown. Like you said, I can mill something that's, in my opinion, at least five times better and do it faster and the workflow is there. But when you're printing multiple units, it becomes a different story. You know, if I can print 12 units roughly the same time as one unit, maybe a little bit longer. Whereas if I try to mill 12 units, it's a lot longer.
1: I agree I agree with you. That's obviously an advantage of printing, but you always have to look at the complete workflow, right? I mean, printing doesn't stop with printing. There's the entire post-processing and curing. So, you know, unless you also have an automatic post-processing unit like Prime Print would have, that's a lot of time where you're going to take a Q-tip to get uh, resin remnants out of the crowns yourself. And we talked about the staff and the time topic, right? So... Personally, I think if you buy a cheap printer, you're paying for it with the most expensive thing that you have, and that's your time and your
0: start's time. True. Sure. So there's a lot been said about prime prints in the dental community, particularly about the price and the size. I feel like it's been a hot topic, and it's an interesting one because I feel like Dentsply Sirona has dominated chairside dentistry for so long, and still dominates it, but with printing. They entered the market a bit later. There's a lot more competition. There's a lot more established players. So, you know, about the price and the size and the materials and it's a closed system, what do you kind of have to share with people? Is there something on the horizon? You know, one interesting thing for me is what differentiates printers really now is materials. It's really what's differentiating most printers now. And, and supply Serona creates the nicest denture material on the planet, obviously the new Lucitone print. And it was surprising for me that it was opened up to a Seager, because I thought that would have been a very good marketing move to just close it to Prime Print. That's a reason to buy Prime Print. But you know, what's some of your thoughts about Prime Print and what do you want to share with people, I guess, who may be listening? Sure. Absolutely. So I think when we set out to
1: develop a 3D printer, we wanted to make sure that it's really designed for dentistry. If you look at the early movers in 3D printing and dentistry, they're not really dental companies. They're 3D printing companies. And when we set out to design prime print, we said, well, let's think through the complete workflow so that it is as automatic as possible. So it saves the most expensive resource, dentist time and assistant time, that it also automatically documents that are required for NDR, right? Because you are providing medical products to your patients. And which has a premium on... Safety, 3D printing, as you know, as a user, you need alcohol, you have chemicals, there's fumes and so forth. And that's why a lot of the innovation for us actually went into the post-processing unit, because we don't want dental assistants to play around with chemicals. Not in the sense that we don't believe that they can do it, but because fundamentally it's not something that we should be doing. If you go into a room of a traditional 3D printer, I mean, you will have seen this, it smells. Right, and alcohol smells, everything smells, it doesn't smell nicely, right? And the question is always, when you're very close to the machine, how safe is that, right? So we thought a lot about how can we make this as safe as possible? So the post-processing unit for us is really a core of the innovation because it does the curing automatically, you don't have a problem of different chemicals mixing with each other, which, you know, you have with more manual solutions. It does a lot of the stuff automatically, where otherwise you would have staff time playing around with different things. It does the light curing. We did a little video at the IDS section. There's uh, two guys in Germany uh, running a video blog on dentistry. And they said, hey, Max, can we do something? And I was like, tell me what it is. They're like, if we take a splint directly out of the post-processing unit or prime print, would you be willing to put it directly into your mouth? I said, absolutely no problem. So there's a video of me taking a splint directly off the finger putting it in my mouth. I would not do that with a printer that's on a prime print because I know there are resin remnants still in there. Sometimes you have a funny taste and so forth, and I wouldn't want to do it. So it's really fundamentally about safety and efficiency. So coming back to the two concerns that you voiced at the beginning, right? The price and the size. Let's demystify a few things. Size wise, we do measure how much space does a prime print take in comparison to all the different units that you would have from a standard 3D printer. The prime print does not need more floor space. It looks bulkier because you don't need space on top to open it, right? If you open 3D printers, standard ones, you need to count the space on top when you open it, not just the machine when you look at it. So, space wise, This is an absolute non-topic. It's not bigger than other 3D printing solutions. If you put all the pieces that you need together price-wise, it's a more expensive printer than others, but that is because it lowers your total cost of operation. We did economic comparisons. And if you count in the staff time and the different other pieces that you need in order to operate it over time, the prime print is actually cheaper for you as a user than a standard printer. Because it has all that in- automation inside. It's really an automatic production line. It's single press a print. You take out the build plate. You put it into the post-processing unit. You close one of the others. That's all you need to do. No filling of chemicals. No washing of the different pieces that you have to do. It's a really, first of all, fault-proof process. It's secure as automatic. So it saves you a lot of time. We always have to think about the cost that things create when you use them.
0: And I guess these are all valid points. And it's one of those things where the market will dictate, like I say, it's an interesting one watching the printing market, the 3d printing market and dentistry, because there's a lot of players going into it. It's not quite established. And I think it's going to be the next boom. You know, we saw a big intro scanner boom happen. where a lot of practices and still are buying scanners. And I think, like you said, most dentists don't want to get into CAD CAM. They won't do CAD design. And so a 3D printer seems to be, for some reason, the next device they think of getting with outsourcing their designs elsewhere. And I guess it's just a matter of time to see if the prime print captures the market share. You know, If what you say is true and people can see that vision and that you're paying basically for a lot of time saved, then... The market will decide, I guess, for me when I look at it. So first of all, we are really happy with the market share that PrimePrint
1: has been taking. And for us, we are committed to providing a solution that works for dentists. And so far, the customer feedback that we've had from users on PrimePrint is really, really stellar. Especially for those that have used both systems. The simplicity, the automation, those are big topics. I think in terms of, will 3D printing take the world by storm? I'm a bit worried that sometimes we're in a bit of a hype phase because after 35 years of CEREC, I think in most countries, 15, 20% of people use a CEREC and a printer fundamentally is also an in-house manufacturing device for different applications, but there's a lot of things that you still need. You need a scanner, you need a CatCam CAM software. You need to learn how to design. You have to integrate the workflow. You have to store chemicals in there. So I don't see why. People that are not willing to do surgery in the long term will get into 3D printing and really use it. I think it's
0: the dynamics of both systems are very similar. You would have a lot better stats than me for sure, but from what I'm seeing anecdotally from talking to clinicians and training clinicians, I feel like one of the main reasons they're adopting printers a lot more is the adoption price, especially the entry price for a 3D printer tends to be significantly lower than a milling machine and i feel like that might be a reason where a lot of dentists around the world it makes sense to them to spend 20 or thirty thousand on a printer or even less sometimes you can get really cheap printers compared to a milling machine which may start at 40 50 60 but yeah look it is interesting it's interesting time for dentistry and it's changing rapidly it's been a pleasure to speak with you, Max. What's the company's vision? You know, D Supply surrounding when you guys are looking down the next five, 10 years, you've done CEREC so well, you've released PrimeScan, and that was a success from what most people can see. you released Prime mill which had a few stumbles at the start, but those are all ironed out. You've had the printer, you have Core. What's really the company's vision for the future of dental care? The first thing is... When we talk about digital dentistry, it's important to put it into context,
1: right? The one thing is when you look at the cost of a dental practice, and those are estimates. 40, 50% are personnel costs. Then you yep. have all the stuff that you pay for crowns and aligners and so forth. Then you have the consumables. And only then comes actually stuff for equipment, software, and tech services. Because it always feels like a huge expense, but I mean, they also last for five, 10 years. So the actual expenditure on it is relatively small for a dental practice. And you always have to think about it, how does this help me gain efficiency, all the other stuff, right? So that's fundamentally, I think, a framing that uh, people need to think about more. How can I save staff time to deploy to something more valuable? Then um, another thing that we look at is basically people are not excited about technology because of technology. They're thinking about, okay, how can I gain more efficiency? How can I grow my practice? And growing the practice typically even means more patients or more valuable patients and the more valuable treatments are of course aligners, implants, restorative and endo and not prevention. And that leads of course, to the adoption of more and more technology. Now, everybody has a 2D x-ray. Scanners, our estimate is still only 30, 40% of dentists have a scanner. CBCT is even less. Zeric is less than that, and only then come the new technologies like cloud and printing and AI, right? The conversation is all about AI and 3D printing, but the vast majority of people don't even have a scanner, right? So before you go into printing or AI, you first have to get a scanner. That's still where the big conversation is, how do you switch from analog impressions to digital impressions? That's, That's the main thing. And then it always comes down to the scanner itself is one element, right? And you want to have a fast and accurate scanner, but ultimately it's about what you can do with it. And what you can do with it is about the software. It's not about the scanner, per se. So I think the US probably has the highest adoption. I would assume that it's more towards 40% of practices that have a scanner or several. Uh, In Europe, I would see it more at around 30%. And you have a difference across the different markets. And that sometimes has to do with reimbursement. Overall, globally, I don't see it's more than 30%. There's still a big, big potential for technology. I think the one collateral is the more technology you deploy in the practice, the bigger your data problem becomes, you generate more and more data. And that creates the problem of where do you store the data, how do you do it securely and how do you share it with others? And that's why we also started out with basically resolving the data problem before we resolve the clinical problems. People talk too much about technology when they talk about digital, what they actually talk about what the expectations are from digital is it's about growth and efficiency. Make it easier to identify patient problems, make it easier to introduce new procedures to practice, make it easier to convince my patients, make it easier to operate my referral network, right? Uh, Make it easier to collaborate with my lab. This is all stuff about just making things easier. And on the software efficiency side, it's more like people hate learning new software, they hate it. Also make it possible to delegate tasks to assistants make it easy to introduce it and help me also spend less on IT. So it's really about simplification. People don't want to talk about digital. They want to talk about what's the problem it resolves. In terms of our development process, it's a lot more design centric than it used to be. We have a pretty big user experience team and we start with the user experience, not with the technology. When you think about how easy is it, tons and tons of portals, not just from us, but from many providers. Every time it's a different log and different credential. Software is different for every use case, right? So you constantly install something new and it works differently. The data is fragmented, hard to share it, and you have the entire topic of updates. And if you think about just updating software for an X-ray machine, for example, often the technician has to come and do it, right? This is all stuff that you don't need. And that's ultimately why we are doing it. Because for us, the vision is one connected ecosystem where you have simple, secure, and connected equipment or technology solutions scanners, x-ray, treatment centers, mills, printers. It serves the complete treatment journey from engagements to planning, treatment, and then monitoring. Make sure that you do the most important workflows in an easy way, whether that's aligners or implantology or something else. And it's all based on one cloud AI-enabled and interoperable system that allows you to also connect other data types to it and to really think about kind of this triangle of uh, the dental team. Ultimately, it's a patient problem that needs to be resolved, and it takes practices and labs to collaborate in order to resolve it. So this is essentially what we are building by bringing all this and pieces together. So I think a lot of it is about digital dentistry and really simplifying it further by bringing things into the cloud and making sure that things integrate well. So I think there's a big theme of simplicity and another big theme of efficiency. I think fundamentally what we're best at is workflow efficiency. And that saves, again, the most expensive time of a dental practice and that staff time. Beyond that, there are a few technologies that we are excited about on the horizon. Uh, One is, of course, artificial intelligence and the benefit that brings in the field of digital dentistry. And another area that we are Exploring more on a scientific level at the moment is MRI. If you look at, again, large healthcare, you saw CBCT came first and then came MRI. And dentistry tends to follow a little bit what happens in the larger medical field. So there are active research projects ongoing together with Siemens Healthiness. And we believe that MRI could be something which will become ready for dentistry pretty soon. Probably starting more in the university arena. But that brings another imaging modality We can really see a lot more than on a CBCT, right? I mean, just give you an example. Is something an active inflammation or is it a scar? You can't see that on a CBCT. You can see that on an MRI. So I think there's cool stuff happening in that arena, but it's really about fundamentally integrating, simplifying, and making it more efficient for people to use
0: all the different things that they're using in a dental practice. Sounds incredible. Especially the MRI stuff. Amazing. Well, look, I really appreciate your time, Max. And I know you're a busy man. Thanks so much for spending the past hour with me and having this great discussion. I really look forward to the future of DSCore. And I'm personally a user of DSCore. I appreciate your time once again. And I'm really excited to see what the future of dentistry holds. Great.
1: Amar, thank you so much for the conversation. And, you know, keep up the great work. Thanks to the digital
0: dentistry. I'm a fan. You guys are doing great stuff. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Next time on Digital Dentistry Decoded, we'll dive into the mind of a digital dentistry innovator. Rooney Fisker, VP at 3Shape, will give us his exclusive insight into their vision for the future of dentistry. Discussing everything from AI-powered workflows to the latest in 3D printing. Discover how 3Shape is shaping the future with products like Trios Scanners and their views on the evolving competitive landscape. We will also cover the impact of automation in dentistry. Plus, Rooney shares invaluable advice for those embarking on their digital dentistry journey. You won't want to miss this opportunity to glimpse into the future of dental offices and decode three shapes path to innovation. The digital revolution continues and we're here to keep you at the forefront. You've been listening to Digital Dentistry Decoded. I'm Dr. Ahmad Al-Hasni, helping you stay ahead of the curve in the dynamic world of digital dentistry. Thanks for listening.